This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Your Questions Answered. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by Phil Chambers from What Culture to answer all of your burning wrestling questions. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AW Dynamite, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week, complete with a money quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, I'm Adam Wilborn, joined by Phil Chambers to take on the Q&A community who've been sending us questions, as always, on Twitter, at Adam Wilborn, at Phil My Chambers, at WhatCultureWWE. So, Phil, let's dive straight into this, uh, starting with this question from Steve. Not really your problem, this is the guy who does the SmackDown Review podcast and I do the Raw Review podcast. Hi, guys, with the draft coming up, who can save Raw? Cameron Grimes, Roman Reigns, etc. What do you reckon, Phil? Is there anything that can save this god-awful show? Uh, kicking Vince McMahon out of the writing room. <laughs> <laughs> and away from it as far as possible. Um yeah, I think the only person that can save Raw right now is someone who can tie up Vince and just keep him away from everything because it's bad. I had a few days off this week and I'm not actually watched Raw this week and I'm feeling like a, a better person, like I'm more mindful, <laughs> more relaxed because I've not had to watch WWE Raw this week. It's amazing. Um, but no, I don't think Roman Reigns can save Raw because the amount of time and effort that's been put into the Roman Reigns storyline on SmackDown, you wouldn't get that on Raw. You wouldn't get the... Um, sort of slow paced storytelling, like uh, building week to week with like cliffhangers that lead on to the next thing. You just wouldn't get that in anything that happens on Raw at the minute. So I don't think there is one person that could possibly save it right now. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, you know, people always say like it's mental to think that there's the same people working on Raw as working on SmackDown. And, you know, I'm not saying SmackDown's perfect. I think I, I give it a lot more passes because it's sort of akin to the presumably you if you can be asked to watch Raw. You go, oh, this is terrible. I'll just skip past it. So, like, I yeah. love SmackDown because I just go, oh, bloody, yeah, Roman, Jimmy, Jay, all that sort of thing. Put it in my face. Murder, Dominic Mysterio, all good stuff, right? It's not, it's not great across the board. Like, all the Tamina and Italia stuff, I'm like, eh, just skip forward. Yeah, everything to do with the women's division at the yeah, minute exactly. on SmackDown is not exactly great. <laughs> but, um, 
I don't know about you, like saving Monday Night Raw, like you're just lucky bastard not having to watch or especially not watch and then analyze whatever that sodden main <laughs> event was. But like it's a it's you know a, a, a drop in the ocean when it comes to some of the rest of the stuff that's on this show. It's not like like I said at the time, it's not like oh no, Raw was doing so well and then they did Lily and Bliss and bloody Baszler and all that bollocks. It's not great. Uh, Roman Reigns is not going to save Monday Night Raw. Uh, a, because he's not going to be drafted there because he's on the A show right now and uh, yeah. it just works and they've got this potentially sensational, what, what are we on now? 10-month uh, period building towards next year's WrestleMania. That's what yeah. I'd invest in and you don't move him with shows and that. I love Cameron Grimes. I talk about it every week. I think he's one of the best things about NXT and he's, and they finally kind of hit on that now, potentially him becoming the million-dollar champion. He'd be chewed up and spat out by Monday Night Raw in a matter of weeks. He'd be challenging for the 24-7 championship because Vince would think, you're a funny guy and that's all you can do, neglecting the fact that McCaven is one of the best finishers. Yeah. So that would wreck him. Do you know what? Are we talking about the draft just yesterday, me and uh, me and Hamphlet, about who needs to move? And a lot of it, I'll be honest, was, please, God, let get this guy on SmackDown, i.e. like a Mustafa Ali or a Ricochet <laughs> or whoever it may be, uh, or an, an Asuka or a Shayna Baszler. Yeah, because we just like, well, that's the better place. That's the grass being greener on the other side. And maybe that's not the case, but who knows? Do you know who I think genuinely could? I mean, Brock is one person who genuinely could save Monday Night Raw and maybe will. I think all this reports of like, nah, he's not coming back to SummerSlam. I ain't buying into it. He's on the active yeah. roster page. Not that that's an indication or anything. And when you need a Hail Mary for people to be like, oh my God, we need to get back into watching Raw, you bring Brock Lesnar back. But I, I said this half tongue-in-cheek and half serious because Hamlet agreed with me. Sami Zayn? Sami Zayn. <laughs> like, he isn't doing... You know, he's doing stuff on SmackDown and any time I get to watch him versus Kevin Owens do anything, great, sign me up. You have a lot of time to kill on Monday Night Raw. And yes, it's scripted promos. Yes, that's the first problem. If you took the leash off there, then maybe a lot of people, Drew McIntyre, for example, who's coming across a bit of a it at the moment through no fault of his own uh would, would come across better but if you need someone to fill some time and just just do what is required on monday night raw there's not many better than sammy Zayn. he is a multifaceted performer he is a baby face in real life but he plays a heel brilliantly and i'm i, I talk about this now seemingly on every podcast phil just give him the money in the bank briefcase because yep. <laughs> he's the right guy for it. And him being drafted to Raw is one of the few things that, that shows potential. But oh, I'll tell you what, as well as that, let's just call him Becky Lynch's name. What do you reckon? Becky Lynch is definite, although you still got to worry about the situation and <laughs> what the division's like when they're coming back in. But you think she'd have enough power to push her own vision of what her character is through, at least you'd like to think so. Uh, but I'm into the Sami Zayn idea. He's one of those guys who can just kind of do no wrong and it doesn't really matter what WWE throw at him. He somehow mm. manages to twist it to make it entertaining. Like even going back to bloody Bobby Lashley and the um, the assault course and things mm. that they did. Like as bad as that is as a, as a storyline and as a thing, like Sami Zayn's bits in that. He just has a way of making it kind of entertaining and all this conspiracy nonsense you can put into absolutely anything. The whole just being drafted onto Raw he can have as a conspiracy because yeah. the higher powers didn't want him getting near Roman Reigns on SmackDown or whatever. 
Um, so there's loads that you can do. Whether it would save Raw, I don't know whether it could save <laughs> Raw, but it sure as hell make at least one or two segments a week much more entertaining than they are now. Yes, I think... He's a bit uh, like Samoa Joe, how he, he, it didn't really matter what crap they gave him. Like He always had a way of making it work for himself. Uh, and just in the way that he presented it or the way that he came across. And, well, I mean, he could he could do great things on Raw, but look where he is now. <laughs> Mate, it's like that bloody story today where they're like, maybe we shouldn't have released Alistair Black. Like, no due diligence there. Just, yeah, just, just suck him. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> Wait, like, he was in a storyline? <laughs> no way. <laughs> I, I feel, maybe Big E as well. Big E is capable of, you know, selling me anything um it's weird the loss of the alistair black in the smackdown in that ic title division because mm. it's like just taking that one part and he wasn't even a big part of it yet like they were only done the attack on Big E, but because that was obviously where they were going with that and taking him out of that division it's kind of just put a big hole in the intercontinental title division mm. at the minute where you don't really don't know where it's gonna go other than rehashing old things it's <laughs> odd just how taking away one part of a tiny thing can make such a difference we all thought they were just giving it a week off to, to percolate that story. No, sorry, yeah. see later. I think it feels right though. I think I think Vince, something happening with Vince and him leap, loosening the tight grip he has on those reins. Yes. Like you say, you could have the best writers in the world. He'll rip up the script 10 minutes before the show and just go, do some goo stuff and that'll be that sort of thing. Do what we did last week. That worked. Let's do it again. Don't get me started. Uh, Matt Reigns, regular contributor. Matt Reigns, thank you as always for getting in contact, Matt. Uh, Matt tweets saying, good morning to the brand new tag team of Philly and Willie. Yeah, it's <laughs> on the news today. How would you both go ahead booking Andrade El Idolo in his first six months in AEW? Certainly at the very least an AEW world title opportunity. Cheers, guys. My sincere condolences about the boat, Phil. Yeah, before we get into this question, let's have a quick... <laughs> Boat update! Uh, you took it out for one <laughs> final sale and, well, fate had other plans. Yeah, so the whole idea was that we're finally selling it after having it for ages. Uh, when After we got kicked out from living on it last year. It's a long story, this. Um, but yeah, so we were sailing it just down the river. It's not like a huge amount of time or anything, but we got five minutes down the river until the engine conked out on us. Because it overheated, so we're like, God damn it. So we got the sails up and we sailed at a rapid, like, two knots or something down the <laughs> river which took us hours to get anywhere uh and then tried to use the engine at the end once it had cooled down and stuff and <laughs> we almost crashed into a boy in the middle of the river because the current's so strong and we didn't want to push the engine too much so it, we were just kind of drifting slowly and slowly into this boy when i had to like ram it into reverse to try and do a little swerve <laughs> around this boy before we crashed into it and then we've just got it's like because the current's going across in the marinas at one side of the river and we were like going, oh my God, the engine's going to conk out. Oh my God, the engine's going to conk out. And the current would have just taken us straight into a seawall. But we just got past a bit where the current slowed down. As the engine conked out, we just kind of drifted to the pontoon. <laughs> like, oh my God, that was stressful. And then we had to go through a key uh, to get into the marina. And then once we got into the marina again, the engine conked out on us. Oh and we just God. steadily drifted and crashed into someone's boat. So apologies to whoever this boat that was. It was a very slow crash. I don't think any damage was done. But yeah, and then we had to get towed to safety by some guy who was just passing on his little boat and he just towed us. And then we got tied up and never went to go sailing again. It was a stressful day and now the engine's buggered and we can't sell it. So it's just, it's just not a great oh, situation. 
Anyway, Andrade, <laughs> a weird debut. Let's be perfectly honest on Dynamite, in my opinion. But nevertheless, we've seen them do this time and time again of like, oh, that's not how I would have introduced this talent. And then they go on to great things. Uh, yeah, surely a world title match in his relatively near future for Andrade. Yeah, you've got to do something at some point. But there was the rumours of the match in AAA as well mm-hmm. um, with Kenny. So whether they do like a double hitter of like one match in AAA, one match in AEW, and then maybe a rubber match somewhere, I've no idea. Um, uh, but then do you want to take any of the titles off Kenny? I don't know <laughs> what the deal is with AAA and things like that. Uh, but yeah, I don't think anyone expected the Vicky Guerrero and the mm. heel stuff. I've, I'm no, I'm okay with it. I think I'm willing to see where it goes. Um, I mean, the power of Vicky Guerrero as a heel manager is enough to win anyone over. Um, and I guess if they needed top tier, but again, top tier heels going up against Kenny Omega, who is a super, super top tier heel. Are you going to get that? I just don't know the positioning. It feels odd, but like you say, definitely willing to give it a try and see where they go with it. But no matter what happens, so long as they portray him as money, as an incredible star that he is, like just in look and in um, in ring and everything about him, he just oozes star for star appeal. Uh, and then just put him in some absolutely fantastic matches where he basically wrestles the entire thing with a massive middle finger up to Vince McMahon. I think we'll all be okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could, you know, put book the matches in your sleep and just like spin your hand around and land it on the AW roster and go, oh, yeah. Yep, uh, match of the night contender there, match of the, match of the year yeah. contender. And certain people like Ray Phoenix would be a just an absolute banger and yeah, pack. And uh, you know, and I just I'm just going through the bloody death triangle so far, and I've booked two <laughs> yeah. great matches. all three of them. Yeah, book it. <laughs> Look, I, I think it, 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 the wider picture here, Hangman Page it has to be the man to take the AEW world title off Kenny Omega, and you kind of don't yes. want that to be the last title he holds because it has to be this has to be the sort of catalyst for this all to fall apart. Having yeah. said that, you know, you've got Jungle Boy uh, challenging uh, Omega for the world title in a few weeks, I think. Obviously, that's going to be a valiant defeat. You've got Christian Cage world title match down the line as well. Another probably valiant defeat. And shenanigans are plenty, no doubt, to continue this storyline. I'd have, uh, maybe have him have a match with Kenny Omega as a sort of like world title eliminator, have Andrade beat him and have Kenny Omega in his inimitable way say, all right, you can challenge me for the world title. The AAA world title, that is. Because we yeah. all sort of know that the a- the AEW one is the one he holds dearest. It's one of the most highly respected, no, no, no slight on any of the other titles he holds, but it's one of the most respected titles in the industry right now because of its recent lineage. Um so I'd yeah I'd have him take the AAA World Title off Kenny Omega, which sort of gives you the best of both worlds, really, of him being able to say, "Well, I've never lost, you know, an AEW World Title match or anything like that." Uh, you know, you can you can do shenanigans if you want. I, I, you know, I don't necessarily need it so much in the interim. Like imagine having him face some of the lackeys. Carl Anderson versus Andrade would be a tasty little match. Let's, you know, let's not yeah. overlook the fact that just because he comes out and jumps people sometimes. And I know we've got the, what's it called? The elite hunter, Frankie Kazarian, doing some great stuff along those lines as well. Fine by me. Like, you've got so... That's what you have these people there for. <laughs> yeah, you've got so much potential. Uh, the difficulty is, as I'm trying to, you know, say six months there, Matt, it's going to be difficult trying to cram it all in, presumably before... He loses the title at 
think all out is what Sidge booked. Um, yeah. Which makes the most sense in terms of, yes, because of, because of Hangman's sort of history there. And let me just double check this, if this is still the case, Phil, because we were looking at this the other day, me and Sidge. Yeah. Yes. All out September 5th, 2021 tagline where champions are made. Hey, come on. So you've got what? Uh, what are we in now? You've got three months, just under three months to pull off Jungle Boy, Christian Cage and an Andrade title switch with the AAA. I think that's the only title he can afford to drop and yeah. establish Hangman Page, which you've almost got there. Um, yeah. But yeah, just like you say, I mean, you look look at that double or nothing card um, uh, and the people that featured on it. And you just this, it's some mouth watering encounters. Andrade versus Cody. Like, I mean, I want to say Andrade versus Miro, but people are gonna I was going to say that as well. But it's like, uh, I mean, just give them time to prove what WWE is missing, kind of thing. Yeah. Andrade versus Moxley. Like, come on. Just give me all the dream matches. I'm, I'm not really booking him, I realize here, Matt. I apologize. I'm just like, want to see that, want to see that, want to see that, because that's all we want to see. He's an, he's yeah. an incredible talent. Uh, and yeah, if he debut aside, I still think they're going to do do great stuff. Just sticking with AEW, actually, Phil. Mark Lee Willis, another regular contributor. Thank you for this question, Mark. Uh, says, I love AEW, but I've learned to hold things we love the most in life to higher scrutiny, excluding Excalibur, excluding Excalibur and Taz. Do you think AEW have issues with commentary? Moves being called wrong, cringeworthy comments, etc. They've annoyed me in general. I hope you both well. Well, great. Thanks, Mark. Uh, what do you reckon? Because I, I do have an issue with that, as, uh, what he alludes to there. Excalibur is one thing, and you know, we know other people. Cornette, for example, does not get along with uh, Excalibur's commentary style. It's sometimes a bit OTT for me. I think some people really need to look at the way that they comment on his giddiness and then say, oh, well, it's just unbearable in WWE. Well, it's like, well, some, sometimes... You know, he may be viewing that through a certain lens just because he's on yeah. AEW. But he's, you know, he's unquestionably a brilliant commentator. Taz, I will not hear a bad word against. But there are still problems there, aren't there? Yeah, definitely. It feels like the kind of problems that should be ironed out by now as well. Mm. Like it's if they were like a new team that like hadn't quite got used to each other or something like that, then you could kind of see a lot of this and and like expect a lot of that and kind of give it a pass but they've been doing this for quite a while mm. now <laughs> um and they don't seem to have made a lot of progress on it i don't know i think commentary in wrestling is really hard to get right in general i mean there's mm. not been like if you look back over the years and years and years of wrestling content there's not been a huge amount of like eras and times where you could say like that was perfect commentary <laughs> like mm. as much as you might like look fondly back on something like they've got to speak for at least two hours every week if it's WWE, like five hours sometimes, like the amount of sheer amount of programming, you're not going to get all of that 100% right. Are you? It's going to be a very, very tough job. Um, and I think it's even harder now because WWE has kind of trained, or it's like it trained me anyway, to almost tune out the commentary because yeah. you just don't want to listen to that dribble all the time <laughs> where, where you like kind of focus in on the match and almost ignore what they're saying and it's kind of hard to get back into that mindset of actually listening to the commentary and allowing them to help put the match over and things like that um so it's been a while since we've had just a really really great commentary team on any tv show mm. i can't really 
think of anything in recent memory where I've been like, that's a really great commentary team. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I used to really like the NXT commentary team, but to be fair, yeah. I only got that in, in incredibly small doses because I just watched them on takeovers. This is before yeah, exactly. weekly NXT. So there's but no I time for them like... to get overexposed and, or, or just great on you. Like this, it, eventually you end up saying the same things all the time because mm. there's only so many things you can say. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to have these little catchphrases and cliches that you go back to. I'm kind of I'm kind of torn as well because Jim Ross is the voice of wrestling for me. That's yeah, what I grew up with. Um, so and also even the like casual fans that I know, if they're flicking through the channels and Jim Ross is commentating on something, we would stop and have stopped and and, and have watched AW yeah. off the back of the introduction of like, oh, that Chris Jericho is at this new promotion and Jim Ross does some commentary there as well. Like that that was the you know the the, the introduction sort of thing, and I love Jim Ross. But he did turn around and butcher Andrade's name last week. He did say Pac was from Wales. He has had to be corrected a lot. And I get it. You know, that was his age. I wouldn't be best pleased about some lanky, specky 30-year-old bloke taking the piss out of me on a podcast either. But you've got to hold him to it. Like, like Mark says, you kind of hold it to a higher standard. And I'm not in any way suggesting he needs to be replaced. But... Maybe some of the load needs to be taken off him somewhat. What do you reckon? Yeah, I could agree with that. I think when JR first started there, like I think a lot of the criticisms were about him not knowing the wrestlers enough on, or maybe like not knowing the product and like he got some names and moves wrong and he just didn't seem to understand the full backstory of everything. Mm. And I think he's done a lot to, to sort of counteract that and fix mm. that. Um, and now sort of, sort of he feels more ingrained in the history of AEW than he did when he first started where he felt very much like an outsider coming in who hadn't really done a lot of homework if that makes sense <laughs> uh so i think he has done a lot to help uh to like improve himself on things like that but yeah some things just getting it wrong it just feels they feel like really easy wins mm -hmm. as well like it's it, it's not like really complicated move names or like complicated history of like wrestlers going back throughout multiple uh, promotions and things it feels like the really easy stuff that he gets wrong and yeah i think in all of these things they're in a very high profile situation they should 100 percent be held accountable for it because there there must be thousands of people clamoring for positions like that mm -hmm. and you want the very very best on the sort of top of the industry and things like this so i don't think there's anything wrong with holding them accountable for things like that it's just, yeah, commentary, it must be really hard. Mm. And the only problem with commentary is you don't see a logical way of learning how to do it at the mm. top level. And when it like comes to wrestling, you've got indie promotions and things that like you still have commentators on indie promotions, but it's not like you ever see a call up from an indie commentary <laughs> to like a, a higher promotion to a higher promotion. Um, the only way of learning to do this is by sitting with someone like Jim Ross uh, at a commentary table and doing it at the very top level and he should be the absolute pillar of that as a as a sort of promotion as in teaching the new people um guys like Excalibur and things like that and after this amount of time there definitely should have been more improvement than there was than there has been I think <laughs> jewelry isn't a gift you give just once it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Let's continue with more of these Twitter questions we got then, as I said, at What Culture WWE, at Adam Wilborn, at Phil My Chambers. Luke Cullen asks uh, Who or what could possibly bring back mainstream attention? into wrestling the eternal question phil chambers what do you reckon the rock it's always the rock you're not going to get more mainstream than bringing the rock back into wrestling right now um other than that if we're not just going to say bring back the rock and put him against roman reigns at a wrestlemania um i don't know you need someone me i don't like even as big as roman reigns is at the minute and as on top of the world his work is and like the best storyline in like recent history and the best run of modern WWE history he's still not that big crossover star like Stone Cold's or The Rock Mm. was back in the day where there's something about them like a just undescribable charisma that just brought people in from absolutely everywhere to come and see them there's there's not that in wrestling there's no one that has that kind of a draw that's sort of a new person. So I don't, and I don't know where that comes from. I think that's just such a rare thing to have mm. that you just don't know where it, where it come, can come from next without bringing someone else in that's had that before. Yeah, I think, I think it's an incredibly, you know, tough ask. I think the, the world has changed dramatically as, as often people say when asked this question in terms of yeah. mainstream. Like it's TV culture as well. Like it's the sort of TV industry is nowhere near what it used to be. <laughs> No, and I, I really, really don't want WWE finding out about bloody TikTok. It's bad enough as it is <laughs> um, without them trying to emulate. I don't understand. I'm too old for TikTok, Phil. I've, I've realised. No, I've given up. I'm staying. I'm leaving TikTok to the young people. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, cool, Vine. I'm just going to go sit over here and look at it and not use it. <laughs> and that was the last one for me, I think. Yeah. Me going on TikTok right now would be like my, when my dad joined Facebook. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Not for you. <laughs> just trying to floss on tiktok I, do, I don't understand how people get famous either from just no idea it's ridiculous. <laughs> anyway what are we talking about oh yeah mainstream attention <laughs> you're right like the rock and john cena and brock lesnar all sounds don't get angry all being fed to roman reigns to yeah, make yeah, him yeah, yeah. the guy and he talked about it uh, on the news he's talked about it on twitter he's just nailed it i think you're right to and then you have someone beat that guy and that guy's Big E because you put a camera in front of Big E. Uh, I know he's, you know, you watch that uh, documentary about him and he's not that all the time. He turns it on. 
But yeah. as someone who's spoken to him, you, you yourself included, he's just a lovely bloke. Like you really have to try hard to get people to dislike Big E, uh, if, even if that's possible. Even when he was part of a, the heel New Day, people were like, eh, no, he's all right. So <laughs> hopefully that. But as you were saying there, Phil, that sometimes it's just that yeah, unnameable charisma. And I think... You know, with with the wrestling world opening up again, I think a lot more eyes will return to the product. I think we're all in the down in the dumps about like, oh, look at all these terrible ratings for AW, for WWE, blah blah blah. I think it's going to hopefully change dramatically from, let's say, mid July when things change for AW and for WWE, Money in the Bank, blah 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 blah. I think a lot more people will return to it because it's just not so alien of like, wait, they're wrestling in front of computer screens and blah blah blah. Get. Biased, he's my best friend. Get MJF everywhere. <laughs> you put him on any talk show, the UK, yeah. the US, wherever, and he like you look at that Saturday clip, Night Live. Get him in yeah, Saturday you, Night Live. Oh my god, can you imagine the you monologue at- itself would be amazing? And then putting him in ridiculous, goofy positions that he somehow is able to pull off and still get keep this heel persona going. He's yeah, he's got it you all. That clip that did the rounds on social media, I'm just going to generalise here, of him, and I believe it was Alicia too, great interviewer, but him just like burying her before the, the interviewing started. And I think they were in Canada, so he probably buried that. I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was just getting shared because people were like, look at this guy. Is going to say that? That, like, now it's it's not necessarily, you know, the, the beer-swilling, foul-mouthed SOB anymore, but he encapsulates that generation. And I think love him or hate him, he will get attention. Um, and, and I think people like him and, and Hangman, Hangman Page, I think this story arc should be getting more attention through casual people. And if they let more people express themselves in WWE, we'd be talking about more WWE wrestlers <laughs> as well. But yes, very simply, The Rock John Cena coming in and being fed to Roman Reigns, I think, is, is one of the few yeah. ways you can get mainstream attention. You know, but they talk about Cena now as the star of Fast and the Furious, not as WWE wrestler John Cena. It's like, he's been doing that for five minutes. Come on, guys. So, yeah, you need to just get. And that's more. the thing as well, like you say, with WWE letting people talk more. WWE have never made a star on the caliber of Stone Cold, The Rock, Cena, Hulk Hogan. It's them. They, they made themselves the star, despite mm-hmm. what WWE were giving them. Yes. And it wasn't until they were able to speak their mind and go out there and put themselves out there to, uh, dialed up to 11 or whatever they say that those they became that massive stars so maybe look back on the history of all the biggest stars you've ever created and see what happened to them when they became the biggest stars and they were allowed to just be themselves <laughs> yeah i just it's like, i can't wait this out and you're like right there guys <laughs> so easy <laughs> uh aaron dinsdale gives us our next question i'm going to give you a question aaron says good afternoon you lovely lot do you think aw is at danger of becoming just like wcw by signing so many former wwe talents oh, i get this question almost every week because every week i do this and there's another round of bloody wwe releases and <laughs> aw picking them up what do you what do you think about it all is it uh, for me it's getting to the tipping point now not in terms of it being tna or wcw but just getting aw being so full just no room i love having mark henry as a commentator i don't necessarily need to see him in the ring just as a big show 
I kind of agree with Cornette to a certain extent of like, so you're signing these people to massive contracts to appear commentating on dark, <laughs> which I just don't watch. Like I see yeah. him occasionally on pay-per-views and go, oh yeah, big show's still there. Right. But I mean, it's about cherry picking, isn't it? Basically you, you don't pass up the chance to sign an Andrade or an Alistair Black or, or a Buddy Murphy, but, yeah. or, or a Ruby Wright, actually, just to mention some other names as well. But they can't just pick up everyone, can they? No, not. But, I mean, the last time we saw that was WWE when AEW were just about to start and they were like, okay, we're going to sign absolutely everybody we possibly can. Probably not use them, but we're just signing them out of spite to keep them out of your hands. And that's how we kind of got into this situation in the first place is WWE signed way too many people, all of the people out of spite to stop them going to AEW, throw big money at them. And now they're at a point where like, oh no, now we've got to release everyone again. And it's crappy. It's just a really crappy situation. Um, But yeah, you're right. I think AEW is at least at or very close to tipping point, surely. The Mm. problem with AEW is you can have the argument where, yeah, they're going to have so much TV time to fill now. If it's like Dynamite, Dark, Dark Elevation, and then Rampage, was it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, So there's like a lot of time across all those shows. But they already now, when they started doing storylines on Dark and then bringing them across to Dynamite, they don't always explain the stories very well, if at all. And they're almost, a lot of the time, they just expect you to know what happened on dark and there's a lot of wrestling every week people don't watch every single wrestling show especially like youtube shows that Mm. aren't on tv and things you can't you cannot expect people to follow a storyline on dark and then know exactly what that storyline is when it hits onto dynamite Mm. you have to do recap videos you have to do something if you're going to do that or you risk alienating your dynamite fans because you'll just throw things at them almost like well you're an idiot. You should be watching. Like, why don't you know who these people are? Wait, they're going to have to do recaps. They're going to have to do recaps when they move Dynamite back to Wednesdays because the amount of people who aren't watching on Fridays, let alone, yeah. like you say, the dark transition. So you can't get to a point where you have different people on different brands because eventually each one of those shows will be full and there'll be no room for bringing people up. And the whole point of dark and dark elevation is to bring in this new talent and elevate them up and get them more exposure and more experience until they're ready to go onto Dynamite uh, and sort of be portrayed in front of the world kind of thing. And if Dynamite's full, you ain't going to be doing that. And the whole idea of AW from the beginning was to elevate their own stars mm. instead of just bringing in stars that are ready made. Obviously, they had a few because you have to if you're going to be going up against uh, or be going into a world of TV. You need that casual audience to come across with you. But you, there's got to be a point where you just physically can't fit more people on TV and they have to be close to it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't, the, the couple of differences between them and WCW, like you say, they aren't bringing in people and going, right, you come in and you immediately beat Darby Allen and you beat Jungle Boy yeah. and you beat all these other people. Also, the money ain't running out because it's literally unlimited. <laughs> so that's a big difference. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, the times are very different from from when WCW were around. And, you know, requirements from networks are very different. Um, you know, 
as much as WWE fans invented that, like you need a million viewers. And, and if you don't hit that, then all the, no, they're not. They were, they were happy with getting half a million to be perfectly honest. Yeah. And, and anything above that is, is a bonus. And the fact they've been rewarded with multiple new TV contracts and new shows, like you say, means that there's not really any comparisons there or with TNA, as we often get asked, because again, TNA would bring in uh, a Miro, uh, who just is, you know, one of the real shining lights of AW right now for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's not because he's the formerly known as Rusev guy. He's a com- he's completely reinventing himself. They botched him originally. I'll hold my hands up and say that. Like the best man bollocks. Yeah, yeah that was, was crap for six months. Now, I can't. Apologies, it's completely forgotten off the top of my head who who sent me this last night. Someone tagged me and the Dadleys and probably Murray and maybe you as well, Phil in a video he cut outside in the dark saying, I'm going to kill you, Evil Uno. You're going to get put through a sodding wood jet because you're just like, I'm just happy to be here. And the only thing I'm going to be sad about is I won't get to see the expression on your face when you realize it. I'm like, this, this is the guy. Um, And that's very different from bringing someone in and being like, it's Booker T. (laughs) There he is. Um, I think that's the difference. Like you say, like, John Moxley's probably the only one they've brought in and yeah. immediately pushed to the top. But obviously that was very early on in the sort of AW history. They had nowhere near as many wrestlers as they do now on the cards. And at the time, it was a huge deal and brought big numbers to AW. So it made sense. Everyone else since, they've put into storylines lower down the card. They've done little bits and pieces with. And even as much as the best man stuff wasn't exactly great with Miro, mm-hmm. Now that they are starting to push him, he feels a bit more like an AEW guy than a WWE guy because he's kind of been in the system for a while and mm. around and kind of developed his what they, whatever this character is a little bit within the AEW system, if that makes sense. So he feels like he's been integrated into AEW rather than just shot straight to the top. And I think that's a massive difference between AEW and WCW. The personification for all this is Christian Cage not winning the Casino Battle Royal yeah. and Jungle Boy going over is a perfect example. And, in answer to your question, though, and I, because of that, the pop that Jungle Boy got as well. Exactly, like that's, yeah. That's what um, this does. <laughs> and it wasn't out of the blue. They've been building Jungle Boy for, what, two years or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, in answer to your question, then, uh, they are not necessarily in danger of becoming just like WCW because they have to pick up talent from WWE because, I mean, that's basically it in terms of Western promotions, not to... Yeah, you know, smirch all the others, impact, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Especially with no indies and things now. Like yeah, everyone's a former WWE guy, basically. Yeah. So there's that. But they are in danger of yeah, overloading their roster and they've got to be careful. Uh is this is the long and short of it, basically. Uh Mr. Phoenix, let's let's fly through some more final questions here. Mr. Phoenix, regular contributor on our live streams. Mr. Phoenix says, Hey guys, cheers as always from Canada. This may be divisive, but in your opinion, what creative slash dramatic crutch is abused in more in mainstream North American wrestling? Bleeding or crying? <laughs> Great question. Uh, I think it depends what promotion you're looking at. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's both, both very could, much overdone and in I very, could. very different ways. I think it's it's crying for me. Um, yeah. Yes, AEW have... I mean, the thing is, you say, oh, like, AEW get colour in a lot of their matches. Sometimes it's clearly unintentional. <laughs> then yeah. you're like, uh-oh, that wasn't meant to happen. He's not meant to be bleeding from there. But on other occasions, it does add to it. Nick Comarotto, for example, with all the blood pouring down his face, that looked great. I really enjoyed yeah. that. And and obviously, the, the most blatant example is Dustin versus Cody. Dustin. Yeah. 
just you and I stood there going, that's not face paint coming off his face. That's a lot of claret. Um, so there's that. So would that yeah. moment have been anywhere near as impactful of this as it was without it? I'd say you can probably ratchet back the, the blading yeah. and the bleeding probably about like 10, 15% and you're, you're all good. Yeah. Like there was a match when he was doing his TNT title defenses where Cody got a bit of color and I was like, you didn't need to do that. But like, yeah. Moxley against the Young Bucks with Kingston at double or nothing. Fine, fine, fine. Crying. Like, oh my God, I have no sympathy for half the people. Like, you could almost narrow it down to bloody Ric Flair crying in WWE. They're just sadistic bastards at this point. Yeah, big you cry everything. Big yeah, big in WWE. They made him cry so much, the poor bastard. <laughs> no yeah. wonder he bloody left the amount of times Stephanie made him cry. I want to see people cry. And I know there was a reason for it. He lost his job or he had to turn on his friends or I'm just like, oh, I don't care. I really don't. Like, if you're going to cry, it has it genuinely got me. You know when Vince, here's a uh, thing I've not talked about before. You know when Vince got fired? You know when Triple H came down and said, you've been relieved and he cried and it was all the, yeah. all the firing scene of bollocks, right? I knew it was bollocks. I knew he was going to be back <laughs> next week. But for some reason, him bawling and be knowing that they, the, the power was being ripped away from him and that was it that kind of got to me and obviously you know the the the, the flair i'm sorry i love you with michael that's good yeah but yeah calm it down i think i think you know crying because you've got to move from raw to smackdown or something i'm not not that that's really happened but you know just i i, I don't want to see crying on wwe tv for a year and then i'll buy it I think is that fair? Fair. I think, well, it's like blood. You should use crying in pretty much the exact same way when you're at the peak of a storyline where something really big needs to happen. If it's a match and it's a peak of a match of like a three-month feud or whatever and it's the blow-off match and you go down in a hill of blood or whatever, that's one thing. If you're doing it on a throwaway match on Dynamite, that's a very, very different thing. Same with crying. If you're at the end of a big, long, emotional story time, story, like... Jey Uso finally turning on Roman Reigns or something like whatever it might be something mm -hmm. within that situation where Jey Uso breaks and either attacks Jimmy Uso after 10 months of being broken down by Roman Reigns you could understand that but if it's just like the big show happens to walk out to the ring with Stephanie McMahon and she says some mean things that's a very different thing <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what I'm, I'm going to change my statement very slightly I know I said we're going to have one year no crying the one exception one in WWE is Index. Indy Hartwell, Dexter Loomis, that single tear that rolled down Dexter Loomis's face <laughs> in the 80s power ballads. That's all right by me. I've, <laughs> I've done a complete 180 on Dexter Loomis as part of this storyline. So do all the tears and, and bleeding you want in that storyline because it's <laughs> genuinely one of my guilty pleasures every single week as part of, as part of NXT. <laughs> that. I love it. I just adore it. Uh, right, so fly through some final questions here. Ashton C. Johnson says, do you think WWE will ever put the IC title back on the Miz and have him pass Jericho for the most re reigns, uh, given that Chris now works for the competition? Or do you think Chris is still in the good books with Vince, at least not that it won't happen? I, maybe. Uh, the, I mean, you can't get much more of a WWE guy than the Miz. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, you still got to look at WWE in that kind of, petty manner where they just look at people's <laughs> records and go oh god they've got this record let's do something to break it and that's why you're wondering whether Roman Reigns is going to beat CM Punk's record for the longest title reign in recent history and things like that so I could very very much see it happening but 
I don't think the Miz needs to be around the IC title scene anytime soon. I think he's the kind of guy you can put in any storyline and he'll do something to try and make it work at least. He doesn't really need a belt to make him as a as a wrestler at the minute. So it might be a long time from now, but maybe one day. Yeah. What is eight title reigns for the Miz, nine for Chris Jericho, uh, in case you're yeah. aware. And yeah, just I had flashbacks as you were talking there, Phil, to like, I think presumably Nikki Bella beat AJ Lee's records. And certainly yeah. there was a point when you were watching The New Day, no hate on them, but you're watching The New Day going, oh yeah, they're just going to beat Demolition's record because they need to just want to change that. So yeah. I think I, I, I think for now, no. It wouldn't make any sense to put him in and around the IC title picture, A, because he's on the wrong show, of course, yeah, B, yeah. because I think they're doing, there's so much more you can explore with that. And just, it feels very reductive to go back to that. But as Phil says, if Vince wakes up tomorrow and goes, screw that Jericho, Miz <laughs> is getting drafted to, to SmackDown and, and <laughs> school crushing finale, both Commander Aziz and Apollo Cruz are in the title. <laughs> Uh, fun couple of final questions here then Phil Oliver says how long until you start the first puppy rumble and how will Salty win <laughs> um, I don't know whether Salty would win anything that he tries to fight if it stands up to him he runs away like cowering from it <laughs> honestly just last night I was taking for him a walk legged up woofing and screaming at a, a hedgehog hedgehog didn't move it, he stopped instantly kind of gave it a sniff and then ran away barking at it <laughs> And once uh, he chased a guinea pig and the guinea pig didn't back down from him. Really? He just turned around and stared, stared at him in the face. And so he was like, nope, not having any of this. And we'll, we'll turn around and walk straight away from that guinea pig. <laughs> so I don't see him winning any puppy rumbles, unfortunately. Oh. Uh, but AW kind of already did it with their, yeah. what, was the, what did they call that thing? Puppy bowl, wasn't it? wasn't it? Puppy bowl, yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I think I think Salty would go full. Was it Drew Carey? Was wasn't it in the old uh, <laughs> eliminate himself over the top? Yeah. Rope. yeah. <laughs> What's that? What's that? The other dog won't budge. See ya. And just... <laughs> Off I go. <laughs> uh, final question. Great question. This uh, Boris. I'm going to butcher your name, Boris. Boris Nisnevich. Apologies, Boris, for that. Who would make a good first mate on a boat? We're going to limit this to wrestlers. But Phil, sorry to bring back horrible memories. But finally, <laughs> uh, to conclude today's uh, Your Questions Answered pod, who would you want to be your first mate on your ship? It's got to be Biggie. Yes! It? I was thinking <laughs> the exact same thing. Yeah, lovely times on a boat. It's got to be Biggie. <laughs> it's like, I was thinking like, right, okay. So, I mean, tugboat's obvious. But we're not going to have that. So, <laughs> you're like... What what do you need to encapsulate in a first mate? And it's like, well, look at me. You certainly look at me a little more than look at you because I've been climbing with you and you're deceptively strong. I'm like, well, he has to do all the heavy lifting yep. and he has to provide entertainment and, you know, just be... And you've got to be trapped on a boat with him for God knows how long. So you've got to get along. Yeah. Plus, put Biggie in a sailor outfit. I think that might actually <laughs> pop off in winning the world title of WrestleMania if he did it in a sailor outfit somehow. <laughs> Uh, but if he's, if, you know, if that's not possible, I know it doesn't really work because it's mixing two forms of transport, but he ain't busy. Let's get Braun Strowman. He could do almost, he could do almost anything. He could, you know, pull the boat, pull the sails. He could literally wear a bed sheet and be a sail himself if needed be. <laughs> so, yeah, 
but I, I, I don't think we're going to top Big E. I, I was hoping yeah. for us to have like a five-minute conversation here. And that you, we both <laughs> no, just, gone, just Big E. Big E, there's your just answer. gone for the nicest guy in wrestling we know. <laughs> well, let us know uh, your, your hey, thoughts. Hey, before we go, the Philly and the Willy tag team, what's, what's the finishing move going to be? I mean, I, mine I, would be the Philly Buster, obviously. The Philly Buster, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I was fighting every urge to get some sort of too cool referencing so do you know what i was thinking actually i was I, this is a question i've never i don't think we've actually been asked but what move what move would you love to be in attendance for that you've not been there before before like we've seen an Ooh. f5 or we, it, and they like i genuinely think if someone said in this room there's the people's elbow but in this room there's the worm i'm thinking about in the room with the worm like i have seen the worm wow because I, uh, it was a Preston City Wrestling show, of all things, obviously. Uh, and I forced my girlfriend to go and see it because um, Too Cool were going to be there. Well, it was just Scotty Too Hot and Rikishi. Um, but yeah, so I forced her to go with me because she's not a massive wrestling fan. But she really enjoyed The Worm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I have been there for, for The Worm. I was also at WrestleMania 28 and 29, so I've seen People's Elbow. <sighs> I was wondering, I don't think I've ever seen a stunner live. An Austin stunner. Yeah. So I think that would be the one. Just Austin coming down and wrecking some balls in a stunner. That's a great shout. I think I think but in terms of our double T uh, in terms of our finisher, it would be both of us doing the worm. And you'd like I was about to say F. Jesus, I need to get more sleep. P <laughs> H I L. Willie. 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 Bill. <laughs> Add Willy and then just do I don't even know what he does at the end of a worm. He just sort of drops his arm vaguely around their kind throat, of doesn't he? Slaps them in the neck a little bit. Yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's not great. <laughs> but yeah, I'd be down with that. Yeah. I, this is why I bloody love anyway, it. I've never seen Mick Foley live either. So uh, Mr. Socko, that'd be my other oh, move. Oh yeah. Yeah. Whilst he's wearing your mask that you made for him. Yeah, obviously. obviously. <laughs> uh, right, let us know your thoughts on everything we've discussed. Uh, ridiculous as it's been. At What Culture WWE Watch, so you can follow both of us. You can follow Phil Chambers on Twitter at Phil My Chambers, and you can follow Adam Wilborn at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all, as I said, at What Culture WWE. We'll be doing more of these. I love doing these podcasts, answering all of your wrestling questions. Subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, of course. Uh, but for now, my thanks to Phil Chambers. Thanks to everyone who sent us uh, Twitter questions. Apologies if we haven't had time to ask them, but we'll get back around to them next time. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 